Hello and welcome to the Graphics Profiles, the official podcast of Graphics Pro and Graphics Pro Expo, covering the graphics market online, in print, and in person. I'm your host, Reagan Dickinson. Our guest for episode 51 is Christy Rossi, owner of Snatch and Run Screen Printing in Fort Mill, South Carolina. Christy is a featured panelist on the Apparel Decorator panel coming up at Graphics Pro Expo in Charlotte, North Carolina on April 27th, and is launching her own podcast with Jeremy Ray of Rock Hill Screen Printing called Last Call for Plastisol, which debuts this month. Let's just say she's busy running a growing and dynamic business and contributing to the industry as a whole. How does she keep it all straight? Well, let's find out. But before we do, let's talk to Henry Coem, Global Sales Manager, Graphic Imaging for Hicks Corporation, the sponsor of this episode, about their latest manual twin heat press. Hello, Henry. It's good to talk to you again. And I, I think we wanted to talk about your brand new product, the Sidekick 20. Tell me a little bit about that and, and what it brings to uh, people who are doing heat transfer, sublimation, and so forth. Sure. It's a brand new product and it fills a gap uh, in many aspects of the market. Uh, first of all, let me explain a little bit what it does and how it works. Uh, it's a single head dual lower transfer machine that moves on a rail system that moves the upper head from left to right. So it allows the operator to press on one side while preparing the other side. So the operator can now go from left to right, preparing, removing, pressing uh, on a continuous basis. That allows a continuous uh, operation and is especially uh, handy when making transfers that require a little bit of time. And I particularly think about sublimation transfers. They can take, say, uh, about a minute, a minute 15 on on a shirt or a hoodie. Rather than twiddling your thumbs and just waiting for the grass to grow, the operator can then simply move to the next plate, remove the earlier projects, replace it, put the transfer back on, by which time the other side is completed and move the uh, the print head back and forth. Uh, the two lowers are equipped with a splitter stand, which is specifically handy for uh, sublimation where you don't want ink to migrate from the front to the back of the shirt. It's good for just about any application, but especially for sublimation where you have a gas rather than a, than a liquid ink that migrates from the paper to the uh, to the shirt. Gotcha. It's available now. Uh, so if someone wanted to order it, they could get it right away. Or what's kind of the lead time on that? It's available now. The machines are in stock and uh, can be shipped uh, at a moment's notice. Okay, perfect. All right. Well, uh, thanks again. And um, yeah, just keep us updated on what's going on there. Will do. Thank you, Ray. For more information about Hicks and its wide variety of equipment and accessories for the graphics market, go to hickscorp.com. That's H-I-X-C-O-R-P.com. And we're back with Christy Rossi of Snatch and Run Screen Printing. Well, hello, Christy. How are you today? I'm wonderful. How are you? Excellent. Uh, you know, what I want to start with is, you know, I I know that you basically, and this is the story with a lot of people that we talk to, that they they had a hobby, something that they were passionate about, that they enjoyed, and turned it into a full-fledged business. And that's something that you did. And I'd like to know what surprised you during the transition, and what have you learned 
that others that are kind of in the same boat, um, you know, going full time into the graphics market should know before they make that transition? Yeah, well, I just kind of fell into it and it escalated quickly. Um, So I think when you're getting into it, just know that things might get a little out of hand pretty quick if you're good at what you do and you're passionate about what you do. I just thought that it would go very slowly and maybe I'd sell some shirts and then I'd have time to learn how to screen print and get better at screen printing. But we kind of went from zero to 100 within a month. So um, be ready for that. And also, I wish I would have taken this step sooner to outsource things that I wasn't good at so I could get really proficient at certain things like screen printing. So my artwork, I would have outsourced that a lot sooner in retrospect. I also would have put systems in place a lot sooner. Um, I just didn't realize things were going to be a business so quickly. Right. It, it, what kind of systems have you put in place since then that you wish you had before yeah, that help you with efficiency and getting uh, production um, going in, in the way that you want it to? Yeah. Some of my favorites are um, we use Printavo in our shop, the order management software um, that keeps everything from the artwork to the numbers on the order to did the shirts get ordered? When are they coming in? Um, when do they need to be shipped to the customer? All of those little details that when you're trying to move quickly might slip through the cracks. Printavo is a great system for that. Um, And that's probably the one thing that I would recommend if you want to add something quickly to your shop to make things better is Printavo. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing is I'm not a graphic designer by trade. I have a finance degree. So I taught myself how to use Illustrator and I taught myself how to piece together artwork. I would have outsourced that a lot quicker. So right now we use GraphX um, for that. And it's just a simple, here's my customer's idea. And then they put the artwork together and it's very hands-off for me. So I can get back to doing the things that I love to do, which is sales and social media. Mm-hmm. Who Who is your customer? Who's your typical customer? Or what I understand is it's uh, small businesses in the area. Is that how you would characterize your general customer base? Yes. So we started off um, just in the CrossFit niche, um, hence our name, Snatch and Run. Snatch is a weightlifting move. And then um, running, I love to run. Okay. Um, So gems and teaching gems about wearable marketing and um, what's the best thing to offer for their clients. That's our number one market. But then as that has grown, CrossFit's a little bit like a cult. Um, I'm sure you've heard that before. So people that go to CrossFit that may own small businesses or work at corporations, they've brought their business to us too. So corporate work is actually taking over um, the gym market for us, which is surprising to say the least. Yeah. And what kind of products are you providing them? I mean, it's, does it go beyond, um, decorated apparel, t-shirts, et cetera? Yes. Um, t-shirts are our number one item, um, polo shirts, embroidered backpacks. Um, we do a lot of those. And then also we just got into promotional products in January. Okay. And is that something that you outsource to you? You work with mm-hmm. a promotional products company. So we do. We use yeah. um, ASI network. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just able to quickly find the best vendors with the best ratings on there and outsource to people that can get it done efficiently and correctly. 
Okay. I, I kind of want to go back to my earlier question, you know, because we talked about when you were moving from a hobby to a full-fledged business, but also like you've talked about, you've, you've done some outsourcing, you know, yeah. but when you do add a new product line, something that you do in-house or a process, um, what's your approach to that? What have you, what have you learned about doing that? Because I think there's a connection there between, you know, like getting systems in place beforehand before you really go full time with that business. Is it the same way for you when you add a new product line or a process? Well, it probably should be, but for me, it usually isn't. I get excited about the opportunity to offer something new, and then I just deep dive into it. What can I learn about it? How can I sell it? Where can I get the best products? And then I start to collaborate with either other screen printers I know and the resources that they're using to get those jobs done mm -hmm. or... Um, just try to do that research myself. For example, with the promotional products this year, a bunch of my corporate clients were asking for that. And I just felt like I wasn't servicing them correctly if I wasn't offering the promo items that they needed in addition to their polo shirts or decorated apparel. So I um, booked a plane ticket. Two days later, I was in Orlando at the ASI convention looking at all the products, taking pictures of products that I thought my customers would like, and just talking to everyone I possibly could about what is available with promotional items and how I could bring that back to my customers. And that's pretty um, par for the course for me. I just try to learn as much as possible and just go on into it. Right. It's not without its own, you know, speed bumps throughout the way. Mm -hmm. um, but Part of this business is just adapting and learning constantly. So, uh, so screen printing is the foundation of Snatch and Run, right? Yes. I mean, that was the that was the kind of the primary process that you started with. Mm -hmm. So, what are some of the most important things that you've learned along the way to improve that process and ensure quality goods for your customers? Oh, yes. Well, one, I'm a stickler for quality. So I think as the owner of the shop, you need to have that mindset of nothing's going to leave the door unless it's something that you're proud of. And then that filters down to your employees. So even if it costs you money to redo something that's not right, you need to do that. And you need to show your employees that you're willing to make sure everything is right before it leaves the door. And that's just your standard in your shop. Um also, everything starts with good artwork and a good screen. So you really need to dial in those processes. Of, do you have a good emulsion? Do you have good artwork? Do you have good transparencies? Are you exposing your screens correctly? Crisp lines, fine detail. All of those things really, really matter to the good end product. I've talked to some people who, you know, they kind of document what that process is supposed to look like and everybody's on board with that process. How, how do you make sure that that quality control is actually taking place? Um, well, I have people I trust in my shop. We run a very small shop. We're only a thousand square feet and mm -hmm. we have two to three employees at most at a time. Mm -hmm. um, so I just hire the right people and create that culture within the shop of we are proud to be screen printers. We're proud of the products that we put out. We charge a premium, but it's because we are taking the time to ensure that your goods are correct and right. I don't run a sweatshop and I don't want to. Um, <laughs> right. So I think there's just different kinds of shops. There's nothing wrong with people that want to do a high volume, low cost product, but it's not my shop. 
So you know, you're more of a custom shop and yes. it sounds like you're having some success though, finding good people. And I, I, how are you finding them? Is it, uh, are, are you filtering them out through an interview process? And if so, you know, what are the kind of the key questions or what are the key uh, characteristics you're looking for in what would turn out to be a really good employee? Yeah. So I tend to hire, um, I would say probably, uh, this is a random number, but maybe 90% of my employees were stay-at-home moms transitioning back into the workforce. So when you're a stay-at-home mom, you have that big gap in your resume, but you have these skills that you've developed before you were a stay-at-home mom. And then also you have the skills of running your family and all of those things are very important detail oriented are you able to get stuff done efficiently any mom you know can run a family very efficiently so those are the people that i look for and then i just say you know maybe you're here a year maybe you're here two years but then i will help you find whatever job that is your goal once you figure out what job you want to do when you leave here, um, just because someone works for you doesn't mean it needs to be their career forever. Mm. Um, so it's just a little bit of a mindset shift on my part, you know? Okay. That's interesting. Um, stay at home moms. I, I hadn't thought of that before. And that would be a good pool of potential employees because like you said, all those characteristics that you kind of ran off there are true by and large. So yes. But the other thing with that is you have to be open. Like I have to be open that sometimes my employees are going to want to go to their kids' plays or they're going to need to get off early to go to a soccer game or stuff. You just have to be open to flexibility and creating a good life work-life balance for your employees if you're going to go down that route. Okay. Good call. Are there are there other decorating processes that you're using um, or considering beyond screen printing and embroidery? Um, well, we added embroidery last year and that's been very successful for us. And mm -hmm. then we also use um, direct to film transfers for um, smaller jobs. Before last year, I had the mindset of anything under 24 shirts, we just weren't going to do because it's not highly profitable. Yeah. Um, but then I'm also on the Gildan board of decorators. And one of my friends, Matt Richardson from Relentless Merch said, why not just offer those shirts printed in another way? Why aren't we using super color transfers or Howard's transfers and getting the job done for the customer and actually taking care of our customers? You know, it doesn't have to be the same way or the way we would love a shirt done, which is screen printing, because I think screen printing is superior. Mm -hmm. But are we filling the needs of our customers any way we can? So for us, anything under 24 shirts is automatically a transfer and you just sell it to your customer like that. The quality is so good now. So why can't we offer those things now? Right. So you outsource that, right? As you yes. said, and it's just, this is a good way to start, obviously, right? Is to outsource and then see if that would work for you to do it in-house. Uh, are you, have you considered doing it in-house at some point? I have not. Um, I this year, I am of the mindset of let's see how much stuff we can outsource mm -hmm. that isn't our core business. Um, right. Doesn't mean we can't do it and can't offer it to our customers. But what's wrong with us not doing it in-house? There's nothing wrong with that. As long as we are taking the time to source the best vendors for our customers. So we only have a thousand square foot in our yeah. office and between right. our auto press, our manual press, our embroidery machine and all our screens and drying cabinet and all that, we are tight in here. So yeah, that's right. 
um, we're doing the best we can with the office that we have, you know, I totally get it. <laughs> so the, the work that you do with your customers, what, what are the most important elements of good customer service that, that you've implemented? And keep in mind that I'll often ask people about what good customer service looks like. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking for kind of what, what are the practical things that you do that affect customer service? Not just where we offer great customer service. Everybody says they do, but what does that really look like practically for you? Yeah, for us, we try to do a quick turnaround time on emails. When someone sends you an email, they are ready to spend money with you. So we need to turn those emails around very quickly. And then we need to get the mock-ups to them very quickly. So they're still excited about the shirts and spending money with you. If you get them when they're excited, they're also willing to pay a higher price point than if you took a couple days to return the email or get back to them with the artwork. Um, so we do that for schools. We offer a school checklist, which has a good bell curve of shirt sizes that they should order. We also do like the mock-ups in a custom order form for PTAs. Um, so when you have a PTA president or someone who's a volunteer who's never ordered shirts before, you are just making the process as easy as possible for them. And that will make them want to spend more money with you. So mm -hmm. we kind of take that approach with everybody or every market that we serve is we try to step back and say, we work with these this niche all the time. How can we make it easier for this niche? So whether it's an order form or giving them recommendations on colors that are trending or styles that are trending that will sell better for them, um, just going the extra mile is always appreciated and will get you a long-term customer. The mm -hmm. other thing that I do is I offer my cell phone number to all of our customers, which that's probably going to be an unpopular opinion among screen printers. But <laughs> I like people to be able to contact me. I'll text them when their order is ready. Um, besides that Printavo automation, but just like a little, hey, heads up, your order's ready. Thank you so much for shopping with us. And then a little emoji. It just puts that personal touch which I think sometimes can get lost in this business when you're just trying to turn out so much, you know, so many shirts at a time. Right. So um, I would say that those are the major things. The other thing is I'm big into social media and I um, follow all my customers. I make sure I'm sharing their businesses, what's going on in their businesses. I also comment on all of their social media posts or like their stories all those things put you in the forefront of a customer's mind and will make them think of you when they need something. And I think it's good customer service too, because it makes them think that you care about their businesses because you really should. So part of that, it sounds like is what you're doing with uh, the live screen printing events. Mm -hmm. And can you tell me a little bit about those and what they've yielded for your business, including uh, if you can tell me the best ways to organize events like that? Yeah. So live screen printing is so fun, but it is a lot of work. I, when we got into it, I didn't think it would be as much work as, as it is, but packing up all your equipment and your press and your D1000 dryer, and then setting up and making sure everything looks nice is 
is a bit of a process. We started it out with our corporate clients offering it for employee appreciation days, um, where we just have the company go ahead and pre-order the shirts, pick a design, and we maybe create one or two screens, but we pre-print some shirts before we even leave the shop. And then on the employee appreciation days, we're not really mass producing there. We're just giving people the experience of screen printing if they want to pull their own squeegee um, or watch us pull a squeegee and then we run a shirt through the dryer. It's been a lot of fun. And then we constantly get new business when we go to those live screen printing events or even if it's not a potential customer there, they are talking about the live screen printing and interacting with me and my staff. And so we get a referral business from those events as well. What's the best advice you can give someone who's interested in doing a live screen printing event themselves? Oh, wow. Hang on and just go for it. It's not going to be perfect the Mm -hmm. first time you do it, but um, it gets better every time. I would actually go through, create a checklist, and we're going to have a checklist for live screen printing on our last call for Plastisol um, podcast website. Mm -hmm. But make sure you have your checklist and then Um, pack up all your equipment and then actually go through and unpack your equipment. Like you're going and printing that day. You can do it in your shop, but you'll be surprised what you forget, whether it's like um, screen cleaner, baby wipes, or did you not bring an extra squeegee or what about gloves or anything like that? Just go through the whole process and make sure your checklist is on point. And then when you're packing up, don't rush it go through the checklist again and make sure you check everything off and actually bring it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good advice. Well, you know what the music means. Our time is up. Oh, wow. That was fast. It was fast, but <laughs> and you were a fascinating subject. I got to tell you, and I, re- I really enjoyed our discussion and hope to have you back sometime and um, would encourage everybody out there to check out the last call for Plastisol podcast. Yes, it's going to be great. Okay, can't wait to hear it myself. All right, well, thanks again for coming on board with us today. Thanks for having me. Have a nice day. You too. Thanks again to our guest, Christy Rossi, and to our sponsor, Hicks Corporation. You can find Christy and Snatch and Run Screen Printing at snatchandrun.com and her new podcast, Last Call for Plastisol at lastcallforplastisol.com. And check out our sponsor's website at hickscorp.com. Stay connected to the graphics community at graphics-pro.com. And for regional events dedicated to your business, go to graphics-pro-expo.com or just simply g-p-x.com. The next Graphics Pro Expo is in Charlotte, North Carolina, April 27th through 28th, with classes starting April 26th. As noted earlier, Christy will be part of the All-Star Apparel Decorator panel, and she'll be at the Graphics Pro booth doing a live podcast with Jeremy Ray and then with Print Girl Mafia OGs Nikki Bowen and Christina Haynes on Thursday, April 27th from about 10.30 to 1.30 that day. That's in addition to everything going on at GPX Charlotte for sign making and wide format printing, awards and personalization, and apparel decoration. You can find this podcast at your favorite platform, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or SoundCloud. You can also browse the archives at graphics-pro.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, adios amigos.